0: Which videos got me the most subscribers? The video that has gotten me the most subscribers is Michael Was Never in Witness Protection. That video got me 22,000 subscribers. This is actually surprising. The Michael Was in Witness Protection video is worth 2% of all the money I've ever made on the platform of, of that YouTube channel. And it's worth 3% of the subscribers I've ever received. Following that is a rant about Friendly Baron at 12,683. That's surprising to me. Followed by 32 hours and one mission. So the Blitz play one, which with 12,628, also not surprising. Followed by 100% Grand Theft Auto 5, 1440p, um, my PB for 100%, which is 10,062 subscribers. Followed by uh, Facts and Glitches episode 30, with uh, 9,484, and it goes down from there. But uh, I spent so little time on that witness protection video. Probably spent like four hours on it. Just rant in front of the camera. My experience getting vaccinated. So I drove my car for the first time today, chat. Drove it to get the COVID vaccine, the first one, uh, Pfizer, after so goddamn long of it not being available. And it's funny, I got lucky because a new vaccination center opened up a week ago And that was the only reason why uh, I was able to get in at all because everywhere else it was like a wait of like two months or something. It's that booked out, but this one just because it had opened up not a lot of people knew about it. And so it was filling up fast and so I I got in booked an appointment uh, two days ago. So I set myself double the time necessary to get to my destination on time and I only just barely made it because I made two wrong turns. I ended up in this tunnel for 10 kilometers with no exit. I was like, I had no idea there were tunnels like this long in my region. But surprisingly getting there, like it was uh, very well set up. Although the woman who I talked to first, she's like, oh, you need to use the, uh, the app on your phone. I'm like, what app on my phone? She's like, oh, you, got, you don't have the app on your phone? It's been around for like a year. Like everyone has the app on their phone. I'm like, Uh, I don't. I haven't been out of my house in like two years. She's like, oh, hi (laughs) It's like I just need to scan a QR code or something can it immediately like these QR codes are great Like you put your camera on it You click it and then it brings you to this website and I download the app and I signed in or whatever Everyone at this place is distance sick by six feet or six meters or whatever the hell it is Everyone gets their own little waiting booth in which a woman comes around and like even when I was giving my ID they wouldn't touch the ID. They have these little trays in front of them, and you put your Medicare card and your driver's license in, in front of them, and they'll read them and then type in the details and stuff. Like, there was the least human contact possible for everyone. It was great. Everyone was nice, and uh, at the end there was a bunch of chocolates, and they- I don't know if they said take as many as you want. I think they said take some, and so I took like four. Because they were like, those lint chocolates. They were great chocolates. And then like there was nothing suggesting you can only take one. So <laughs> why my newest rambles contain older footage. When did I officially start doing rambles? I started doing rambles like late 2018, right? But I've got hours of footage before that, so what I have done is I've gotten other people, just random people from who watch me, to go through my older stuff and find all the rambles. I only put out those that actually make sense in present day, but uh I'm not doing rambles right now, because I'm not doing uh, my normal streaming, you know? So I'm like confused. And you're like, why is he doing speedrunning in these rambles, man? Speedrunning ages." Why don't you ramble? I haven't done Oko in two months. That's why I'm saying I haven't done any rambles. Calling small ants, small ants. I didn't notice until after I made that video that I did say small ants every time. Small ants. But, like, small ants, small ants. Like, they're, they're, they're the same. i just woken up. I've heard people call him Small Limp before. How was I meant to know? I've heard it both ways. His name doesn't have a space. (laughs) Exactly. Argument from authority and the supernatural. So for those unaware, like, back in the day, I used to talk about like, um, people's ideas of spirituality and religion and all that jazz and like, it was very interesting at the time, but now it's just so lame and depressing. You know? Like, do you guys understand why an argument from authority is a fallacy? Like, this is, this is actually one of the most debated fallacies I think that exists. So, the, the formulation that is definitely a fallacy of reasoning is where you say, because this person says it, this makes it true. So, a doctor says you have cancer, that means it's true you have cancer. That's not technically accurate, because obviously, a doctor can be mistaken. They can, you know, you could be the wrong patient. They could do tests incorrectly. Um, their assessment of these tests could be wrong, whatever, because doctors are fallible. It is true to say that a doctor saying you have cancer is evidence that you have cancer because this position, presumably, is off the basis of tests that do demonstrate whether or not you have cancer. Well, presuming the tests were done accurately. See, it's, it's a, a way of demonstrating this is if you take your car into a mechanic and the mechanic says, Yeah, man, there's something wrong with your engine. It doesn't make it true that there is something wrong with your engine, but it isn't- you have evidence that there's something now wrong with your engine. If you took your car to another mechanic and they said, yeah, something's wrong with your engine. How many cars- uh, how many mechanics do you think have to tell you that there's something wrong with your engine before you just accept that there's something wrong with your engine? One mechanic might be lying to you, might be dishonest, but um, two, three, with every additional authority on engines that says there's something wrong in your engine, you should be more confident that this is the case, because authorities aren't basing their opinion on nothing. They're basing it on what makes them an authority, their expertise, their research, preferably tests. Another form of the fallacy is uh, a f- um, an argument to a false authority, where a person's like, yeah, I'm a doctor, I have a, doctor- a doctorate from fake university. Also wrong. Because it, it neither makes it because they're, they're, they're not actually authority. Or, um, of course, my position on whether pineapple should be on pizza is valid. I have a, uh, I have a, a doctorate in, in immunology or whatever. Like, that's, that's not relevant. You could be said to be an authority on something completely irrelevant, but it's irrelevant to the position in which you're taking. People who just throw out, you're just basing this on authority, man. This is a fallacy of argument from authority. These are usually people who just don't like authorities or they disagree with an authority the the dude who's like sure that guy has 30 years experience in studying diseases but he has not no you can't listen to this guy it's just you just an argument from authority listening to this guy's uh, position it's nonsense the position of an actual authority on a topic is evidence of that being true it's just not true in of itself because of that position being espoused by the authority you do this all the time you you potentially don't have the expertise to run tests to determine whether or not you have cancer, right? Um, but if a doctor says, yo, uh, by my estimation of the tests in which I've run, you have cancer. It's a synthesis of tests based on um, expertise. So listening to that authority is not you just going, well, I definitely have cancer because some guy says it. It's evidence for a conclusion. I know why I'm talking about this. The, like, the, like, I just, I don't understand why people don't understand An example was just given to me of a guy who believes in the supernatural because when he was near a glass door and The glass fell out of it for whatever reason it shattered before it hit him Confirming to him that there's something protecting him from the glass So in other words an invisible entity protected him from the glass by shattering it before it hit him So it would not hurt him. It should be obvious to everyone why that explanation should be disavowed compared to a more natural explanation, right? So, this person doesn't know everything about glass, would not be watching every aspect of what the glass was doing prior to it hitting him. There there are two two things that he knows to be true. He does not know everything about glass, and he would not have all information about what was going on with the glass as it was falling. These two things are known, and both can provide um, explanations for the phenomenon which he's experienced. Things that are unknown is how a being could exist invisibly and interface with glass in that particular moment, or why it would exist there at all. How is this even feasible? This potentially new dimension, right? If you were to reach for this explanation, you would take on endless additional questions and assumptions about reality that you would not be able to, to, to fulfill. In the previous more mundane explanations of this is something that glass can do that you were simply unaware of before, or there is some factor of the glass and the door that you were unaware of that explains this situation, there are fewer assumptions that you're having to make to explain what occurred to you. And this should be what you do for all of your life. What, is, what explains this phenomenon that I've experienced with the fewest amount of assumptions necessary? I, I have to take on the fewest amount of burdens possible to to explain my situation. Your own ignorance is usually a good place to start. The problem in in most cases with supernatural explanations is for literally decades if not now hundreds of years supernatural explanations have been posed for fucking everything and they've always failed either they've they've been superseded by natural explanations or they have not been able to be used in a predictive predictive capacity to determine to to have a reasonable uh, assumption about what's going to happen next we can't say based on this supernatural explanation Uh, we should see X, Y, and Z, and then we actually see X, Y, and Z. They've always failed. It's it's why our world isn't now dominated by mystics or psychics or or, or what have you. It's not dominated by people who believe in these things, it's dominated by people who ignore them entirely and and stick to the natural. If at any point something supernatural met this burden, in which we could say, here is the supernatural thing, X, Y, and Z is going to occur based on the supernatural thing, and then we actually see X, Y, and Z, it would just become a part of the natural world. If if psychics were able to demonstrate their ability, beyond simply cold reading, Barnum statements, what have you, it would just become a part of the world. We would all go down to psychics on on Friday to to get some, have have a couple of drinks and have some laughs and learn about what's gonna happen to us in the future. It doesn't happen this way because they they, they can't have this utility. The, The second something supernatural becomes substantiated, it is just a part of our world. And becomes the natural. Because the, the distinction between natural and supernatural isn't any positive trait. It is just the lack of substantiation. That's it. If you can substantiate it in a way that it's useful, it becomes a part of the natural world. It, it's why when you try and think of positive traits that apply to everything that is supernatural, there aren't any. There aren't any commonalities, it, except that they, they, they reject the natural so that then the negation of the natural and they haven't been substantiated like if I met if, if angels were substantiated to exist It would just become a part of the natural world I'm like hey, there's Frank the angel and there's nothing that says they couldn't be substantiated Hypothetically because all these supernatural things apparently interface with the natural world in the same way that winds does these things should be able to be demonstrated, but they always fail given the long history of the failure to substantiate supernatural claims, it takes a huge leap of faith to use a potential supernatural explanation to explain anything. It's that riddle I once gave you. We call it a riddle. It's when a person says there's a pixie under a rock and you lift up the rock and there isn't a pixie and they say, no, no, the next rock and you lift that up and there's no pixies. How many times do you have to lift up a rock and then be no pixie there for you to be Mentally justified in saying there's no pixies under any rocks because you you can never confirm that it could be the case that there Could be another pixie It could be a pixie under the next rock or the next rock or the next rock But eventually you reach the point where there's no point anymore in looking for the pixies under the rocks The due diligence has been done. I know none of you are interested in this shit and to be fair I'm not really that interested anymore either These conversations used to be so fun, but you just never Get anywhere because if a person's already making the logical errors that lead them to Explain most of their reality with the supernatural. You aren't getting through that with a conversation Like I talked to a guy and just in the comments before where he's like I had this experience where my Three-year-old nephew walked in and he says um, we need to put the kettle on for um, Nana Mary and he's like this, this nephew never had met his, any sort of Nana Mary, Nobody was talking about, and a while later Someone called to inform, to inform an, an uncle or something that uh, Their great-grandmother Mary had died. He's like, how do you explain that? And I, I just googled, and Google. I was like, so there's a character called Nana Mary on like the most, one of the most popular TV shows of all time. Roseanne. Maybe he got the name from there. He's like, no, nah, meant 0% chance. I'm like, really? So what you're saying is, there's a non-0% chance that this woman died and then after death visited your three-year-old nephew that they'd never met to ask to put the kettle on. There's a non-0% chance there, but there's a 0% chance that he watched a rerun of Roseanne. Why would a spirit want the kettle on? You die and you're like, yeah. I haven't visited that three-year-old nephew that I've never met before. Maybe I should go visit them and ask to put the kettle on. That's a non-zero percent chance that that happened, chat, but watching a rerun, zero percent chance. Is a zero percent chance that this kid just learnt of this name from somewhere else or overheard someone talking about this family member or that this guy is unaware of when this child met this great-grandmother or whatever? Zero percent chance but someone dying, and through mechanisms unknown, still maintaining themselves in this reality, and then through mechanisms unknown, translocating themselves through this dimension to a child, and then having this ability to communicate after death to someone in the physical world, what they ask is to make them a cup of tea. All the potential hypothetical explanations for this situation, and this is the one that this person thinks is the one to go with all i'm saying chat is if you die i'm not making your tea all right there is so much that each of us doesn't know about ourselves about our psychology about the things that we interface with on our day to day. i couldn't build a computer i couldn't build a toaster the world is so ambiguous and unknown and yet people when they reach for things to explain their surroundings they just stack on themselves, assumption after assumption after assumption after assumption after assumption to get to magic. I just don't know why people go to the mental effort. How I'm going to die. So I know how I'm going to die. It's true. One day, it's gonna be a knock at my door and I'm gonna be like, Oh shit, dazed, half asleep. That's one of those packages that I ordered. Oh no, if, if, if I don't go get this package, it's gonna go to the post office, so I will like pull on some pants and dash out the door My pants half on and like I'll be dashing down the stairs to go oh, don't leave and then I'll trip and I'll break my skull every single time I run down the stairs for a package. I think of that. I'm scared every time but these motherfuckers Will not leave my packages at my door. They're assholes all of them. You don't need my fucking signature. I'm here. Can't I have just some box I tick? I will take full responsibility of whatever the fuck happens to my packages. Which GTA 5 special ability would I change? If you could rework one character's special ability, what would it be and how? I'd probably want Trevor's ability to make him immune to all damage. Including knockback. Like effectively make him an immovable object. So you can put an explosion next to him it wouldn't even fl- make him flinch. It would be okay. I was thinking more that Trevor would be, um, what's the guy from X-Men? Juggernaut. I remember Juggernaut's name because of I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. Why Twitter is my favorite social media? Just to delete Twitter. I really enjoy Twitter. Twitter. Twitter is my favorite social media. There's not no one sending you fake friend invites or sign up to this. There's no endless shitty fake pages full of garbage or whatever. You follow specifically the people that you want to follow. There's no... People aren't there writing page after page of garbage posts or just putting out endless stuff because there's a limit on the text and stuff. I I, I think it's great. I, I, I only follow like 60 people and I specifically will go through the list sometimes and go, I don't care what this person says, I don't care what this person says, I just don't follow people. Just to keep it readable. Everyone should eventually be able to catch me live on Twitch. I haven't actually been able to watch the streams because you're eight hours ahead of me. Feral, honestly, man, for like a week I was starting my streams at 4 a.m. and now it's currently 4 p.m. and I just start up my stream. Like, if you wait long enough, my sleeping pattern's either going to be good for you or bad for you, you know? Almost strategies in speedrunning. I remember ZFG talking recently about how, um, one of the other Zelda games there's like a heap of almost strategies, where you can almost do something that would save you so much time. Like you can do 9 out of 10 steps, if they found a way of doing that 10th step, then they'd save so much time. There's a lot of that in speedrunning, where something is really cool, but not faster. You know, you can half do a strat, but there's this is one thing that makes it not optimal or, or whatever. And that's what I like about my facts series, I can, I can showcase that stuff, which, which doesn't happen in tutorials or vehicle breakdowns. And it's also interesting because it's stuff that people who watch the speedruns don't necessarily see. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel, it costs you nothing and I wish you all the best.